In my home, the central room in the entire house was not the living room, was not the TV room, uh, was not bedrooms, but it was the kitchen. Now in your minds, don't be saying to yourselves, I can see why that was it for him. But I, I never did miss a meal. It was the kitchen. Uh, there was always in the home that kind of sense of gathering um, in the kitchen. My mother always had a pot of coffee on the stove. Um, and there was always usually some type of coffee cake or something. And individuals would come in. The back door was, uh, was usually open. And aunts and uncles would kind of come in. Neighbors would come in. You know, they'd sit down. They'd grab a cup of coffee. And all of a sudden, they'd share. They'd share. Relate what's happening based on their lives. Talk about things that was on their minds. There was this building of basically a relationship around that table. It was a wonderful kind of experience. It was, it was great because suddenly you were extended to everyone else. You were family in the best sense of the word. Those who were your immediate family and those who were your extended family. And it was home. It was home. I say that because what we're doing is we're installing, dedicating, and consecrating an altar. And the altar serves two purposes. The altar is an altar of sacrifice. And what does that mean? That means it's a, literally a representation of what Christ did for us on Calvary. The literally sacrificial act of Christ giving himself over to us he, the Lamb of God, sacrificed for us for our salvation and redemption. But then it's one step further. It also, because of the great, wonderful aspect of the mystery of the real presence, it also is the vehicle by which we are called to that table to receive him to receive the real presence of Christ into our lives and therefore to go into the world, to go into the world carrying him with us. Powerful when we think in terms of that aspect of what our Lord has done for us in giving us his church which celebrates and continues that wonderful moment of the crucifixion and the sacrificial act of Christ and then in turn our Christ through the great mystery that gives himself over to us, joining with us and being present in the world. It's family. It's family. Ah, but family's blood. Oh yeah, it is blood. And it's the blood of the cross that makes us all one through the person of Jesus Christ. Oh, it's family and it's sharing. Oh yes. There's no doubt about that aspect of sharing. And you share even when you don't know you're sharing. And that family is around the table. They're engaged with one another. Hey, did you hear this? Did you know this? Did you do Well, what are they doing? They're sharing. They're exchanging. I can tell you that 
through the entire period of time of the COVID, when I would encounter individuals, there are two things that they missed. They told me this without, without hesitancy. One was the Eucharist. They missed that Christ literally being taken into their lives, being fed by Jesus. Do you know the second thing they missed? You. They didn't even know people who were sitting in the second or third pew, but they always sat in that second and third pew. And they looked, and it was as if it was their brothers or sisters who were there affirming the family, affirming their oneness as church. They missed you. And it was that Christ which brought us together and makes us one, brothers and sisters in and through Christ. They miss Christ, and they miss Christ in you. When we take a look at this moment here for St. Francis Cabrini, and just to let you know, when I was an auxiliary bishop in Chicago, one of my territories, one of the aspects that I had was literally the shrine of St. Francis Cabrini. They preserved her room that she had when she was in that hospital. This was a woman, Francis Cabrini, who followed the dictates of the bishop in opposition to what she wanted to do. Reason her name is St. Francis Cabrini is she had this tremendous affection for St. Francis Xavier, who was the great apostle to the Asian communities, who brought in terms of evangelization, that person of Christ who baptized hundreds, thousands, and who, who you can trace to many of the Asian communities, literally the, the presence of St. Francis Xavier. She wanted to follow in those footsteps. She wanted the worst way to go that way, but the bishop said to her, no, 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 no. Instead, I'm sending you to the United States to take care of Italian immigrants. Oh. Praying about it, she opened her heart. She knew that she needed to follow the dictates of what God was leading her to. And so she came to the United States. And because of that woman dotted in the landscape was hospitals, orphanages, schools, outreach to those who were most destitute and in need. This was a woman who brought Christ to those in need and kept the faith alive in those who found themselves in a foreign land. In a foreign land. And God elevated this woman in the minds and hearts and in the devotion of so many that she becomes the first American saint. And here you celebrate her. Part of the service that we will do at this altar is we are going to embed relics. One of the relics will be of St. Francis Cabrini. The others will be St. Agnes, St. Cecilia, and St. Matthew. St. Francis Cabrini belongs to you when you belong to her and her dedication basically to Christ and the love of Christ, which motivates us and charges us 
to respond to God's will rather than ours. How important that is. How important that is. And how many of us in our own lives, families, have to listen to what God wants rather than what we want. But there's an abiding trust that God's ways are not our ways, but his ways give us divine access. Things that we could never, ever imagine. With the dedication of this altar, there'll be a commitment of this parish to renew the dedication that they have to this worship and to this worship space in particular. They'll be called to join together with the priests at the altar to be able to sacrifice Christ here, to be able to offer that sacrifice and through the consecration be given his flesh and his blood. Gabrini's been very good in the archdiocese. You've given us an archbishop, a bishop, Bishop Haynes, who was your former pastor. How many remember Bishop Haynes? Remember? I can see no one does, so that I can see that. You know. That's what I thought his effect wouldn't have any, any, any. And then he's replaced by that young associate that he had by the name of Father Reisman. How many remember Father Reisman? <laughs> so Father Reisman now becomes vicar for clergy. Think about the training that you did of these individuals. How you developed and formed and fashioned them. How you challenged them. And so now I apologize because I have now given you Father Jacob Strand. So. <laughs> but take a look at the beauty of the relationship of the priest to the community. And the sense of the loving sacrifice that is done basically because of this altar. They're here to be priests. And what is a priest? A priest is one who offers sacrifice. And a priest who's been appointed a pastor has the sense and the mind and the heart of the congregation that he serves. How blessed we are to have that sense of the person of Christ being held up to us and for us. Every day and in every way. May this moment with this altar bring all of you a sense of God's presence, his grace into your life. And may you, like your patron, listen to what God wants and open yourselves to be his instrument in this world by taking what happens at the altar into your own lives and proclaiming it in his love to the world. God bless all of you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.